I know everybody's hungry, so I won't keep you long. Longer than necessary. That gives me some out. Uh, we're going to start today in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. And we'll let God speak to our hearts today. Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 1. And it reads, therefore, be imitators of God. That's the title of today's message. Be imitators of God as beloved children. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Now, since we were born into God's family as his legitimate children, when we repented and placed our faith in him, in Christ Jesus, our Savior, we therefore should be imitators of God, our Father, just like children imitate their parents, right? For good or for bad, sometimes. There's good in there's good of mine that my children have imitated and there's been not so good. And when that happens, my dear wife, my better half, she becomes God's instrument of chastisement. And I receive it. Not so well every time, but I receive it. But imitating God, I want to be clear, has nothing to do with trying to earn eternal life. It has to do with our sanctification. We are to grow in godliness. And you know, the best example of imitating God, you know who that is? Guess. Jesus. And I want you to, I want to take a quick detour over to John chapter 5, starting at the 14th verse, just to give one example. From Jesus himself. John 5 verse 14. It's going to take a moment for me to get there. I thought I copied that in my notes. John 5 verse 14. Now, you guys remember the guy that Jesus healed on the Sabbath and the Pharisees were upset about it because they said you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. Therefore, it was a bad thing for you to heal on the Sabbath. And they tried to get the guy to tell him. First, they said, who told you to take up your bed and walk? Think about that. You're supposed to be handicapped. You're supposed to be lying on a bed. Who told you you could stand up and carry your, carry your bed? That's how twisted their minds were. And he said, I don't know. I mean, hey, whoever, the God that healed me told me to take up my bed and walk. And he didn't know who the guy was. Well, starting at 14th verse, afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, you are well. Sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. 
the man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, my father is working until now, and I'm working. I'm imitating my father. I'm doing what my father is doing. I'm being an imitator of my father. My father is working until now, and I am working. In this, verse 18, this was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. Because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. He's imitating his father. Are you hearing me? For the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel. For as the father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the son gives life to whom he will. You know, to me, that just, that just resounded in my heart as I was reading this week. He was being an imitator of his father in everything that he did. He didn't deviate. He didn't dis- demonstrate anything that was any kind of character, any kind of verbiage, any kind of attitude that was contrary to the father. Amen. And so, and so I want to go, you don't have to go there, but Galatians 1, 4 says he who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father. What he did, he knew it was the Father's will. He gave himself. In other words, he didn't just go unwillingly to the cross. He gave himself to suffer the cross, for it was the will of his Father. Amen? Romans 5, verse 8 and 9 says, But God shows his love for us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. So we've been redeemed. Last week we talked about the good news of the gospel. We're no longer children of darkness. We're children of light. We're children of God. So he's saying, go back to Ephesians verse uh, chapter 5, verse 1. He's saying, you're now children of God. Act like it. I didn't get any amens, but that's what he's saying. And he's saying, now that you're children of God, the way you used to behave, the way you used to think, the way you used to speak, that ain't you anymore. Now there's a new role model for you to follow. And the one you should imitate is your father. Amen, your heavenly father. In Christ Jesus. So, therefore, verse 1, be imitators of God as beloved children. 
therefore. You know, if you hate English, you're probably not going to like the next five minutes, okay? If you didn't like going to class and you didn't like going through, you didn't like conjunctions and all this stuff, you know, I still remember Schoolhouse Rock. Conjunction, junction, what's your function? They made learning fun back in the day. I'm, I'm aging myself there, but it was cool. Therefore is a conjunction. More specifically, it is a conjunctive adverb, adverb that connects two independent clauses. And let me offer an example that will be relevant to some here today. Um, I won't speak of who it is. Uh, I cannot eat meat or bread or dairy or sugar because I'm on a Daniel fast. Therefore, I hope our soup and chili dinner after church today includes something I'm allowed to eat. Two independent clauses connected by a conjunction, right? <laughs> and preferably something that tastes good. I'm sure they want me to add that. The word therefore draws a connection between being on the Daniel fast and hope for the soup and chili dinner. In the same manner, the word therefore here in verse 1 draws a connection between what was said in Ephesians 1 and 2 and what was said prior to that in chapter 4. So, therefore, it's basically saying something to the effect of these things being so, or because of these things, be imitators of God as beloved children. Are you hearing me? So let's back up a little bit. <laughs> you know, every time I backed up a little bit, I found a reason to back up a little more. And I just kept backing up and I had to force myself. We're going to start at verse 17. Because there is some very instructive tidbits in here, and I think we're talking about being imitators of God, right? And and before I start in, uh, at verse seventeen of chapter four, soon as right after he said, "Be imitators of God as beloved children," he says, "And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave Himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God." We already covered that, but. Being you cannot be an imitator of God and not walk in love. You cannot be an imitator of God and not be one who gives yourself for others. Amen? It's not only about us. He wants us to be sacrificial servants. In ministering the gospel message to those in need. Verse 17. Now this I say and testify in the Lord. 
that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. That, that, that isn't important. We, we can't just glance over that. We can't walk as the Gentiles do. And we also, we understand that, that, that we can't walk into sinful immorality and, and, and get drunk and get high and have premarital sex and all that. But you know, we can't walk like the Gentiles do in attitude either. In disregard of the well-being of others. We cannot fail to walk in love toward others of the faith and even those who are not yet of the faith, but God is doing a work and he's drawing them in by his goodness. You know, we're supposed to be a part of that goodness that he uses to draw them. Amen? So whether it's by word, thought, attitude, or deed, we should not be walking as the Gentiles because you know what? We're not Gentiles anymore. We're children of the kingdom. So, now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding. You're not. They're alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. You are not. Due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality Greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But, we did this last week, say but. That is not the way you learned Christ. We're talking about being imitators of God. That used to be you. But it ain't you anymore. Are you hearing me, church? But that is... But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you've heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self. That old self has got to be put down. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Our minds, the way we think, has to be renewed according to God's word. Now, how many of you know that when you give your life to the Lord, you still, you, you still think like the old man a lot? That, that, that's not immediately redeemed. Thank God you came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, but that just begun the sanctifying work in you. The Holy Spirit now has license to do a work in your life to help clean you up and make you more like Christ. And we've got to cooperate with that. We have to be willing to allow the Lord to go into the inner recesses of our hearts to bring up the ugliness and deal with it and be humble enough to repent of it and allow him to conform us into the image of his son. Because the objective is that we be imitators of him, that we be ambassadors of him, not just in word, but in thought and in deed and in attitude and the way we treat one another. Are you hearing me? That notification, I heard, the, I heard the notification sound and realized my volume wasn't down. So in case I got a FaceTime call, I had to turn that down. To 
to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. We're being challenged right there. If we're going to be imitators of God, we've got to take off the old man's suit or dress and put on the new. The old way of thinking has to go. And we've got to think like Christ. The old way of Getting it, the old attitude that we had has got to go. And we've got to adopt the attitude of Christ. The old way of living and acting and doing has got to go. And we've got to start imitating Christ. I'm repetitive, but it is necessary, I believe. Go on to verse 25. Therefore, having put away falsehood, we got to put it away. Let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. You know, y'all know this goes without saying, but we are members of, we are the, we are family members in Christ. And everything doesn't always go smoothly in family, right? Sometimes there's squabbles. Sometimes there's hurts. Sometimes there's offenses. And how do we deal with that? Do we get into it with love? We deal, we deal with it in love. That's easy to say. But do we? Do we always deal with it in love? Or do we get in our feelings and give ourselves a license to blast one another sometimes. Hey, hey, if you wouldn't have done that, I would have never got out of my religion. So really, it's not me, it's you. It's amazing how we give ourselves license a lot of times and, 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 and we forget we forget the mark that we should be striving for and, and, and we allow our feelings to take control of us and we act in ways that aren't a good reflection of Christ. We act in ways that are not imitating the actions of the Lord. But God wants us to be imitators of him. And so let's, let's go on. Let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor for we are members one of another. Be angry. You know what? You're going to get angry. But you don't have to sin. You'd be fooling yourself if you just say, you know what? I'm just never going to get angry. No, no. Even God says, no, be angry. You're going to get angry. The issue, you've not sinned by getting angry. It's what you do as a result. It's what you do with that anger. You can let that anger fester and lead you to sinful actions. If we don't surrender it to God. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. 
and give no opportunity to the devil. Now think about that. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. You know, you can look at that literally and everything. Sometimes the sun is already down when you're angry. Right? So I think the context of it, what he's really trying to say is, you know, don't dawdle. Don't put this stuff off. Don't leave stuff unresolved. If you're angry, okay, you need to deal with that anger. You need to deal with that and, and, and allow God into your heart and ask for his help because you're actively pursuing, actively desiring, actively going after forgiving that person. I want to forgive this person. I choose to love this person. God, give me the grace. Do a work in me. Give me the grace to forgive. Because I do not want to walk in condemnation and judgment against my brother or my sister in the Lord. I don't want to feel that I'm justified in my sinful actions because I'm walking in judgment and I'm looking at them in judgment justifying my I don't want to do that. I want to be right before you, God. I want to conduct myself in this matter in a way that mimics you and honors you. I want my attitude and my behavior to preach a sermon of your good news. To be evidence of the regenerating work, the resurrecting work you've done in me. Does that make sense? And it says, and basically you can see in verse 7, that, that there wasn't a period before that. There was a comma. This is all a part of the same sentence. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down to your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. If you don't deal with it, you've given the devil an opportunity to get in there, worm in there, and to cause division and destruction and death. God wants us to do that in our, in our homes, in our individual families, in our church families, and abroad. He wants us to be imitators of him as beloved children. Let's go on to verse 28, and then we'll lead into the therefore and we'll finish up in Ephesians 5. Verse 28, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Uh, you know what? That speaks to me. Let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he, not so that he could just have provision for himself, beyond just our own needs, but to have an abundance over and above our needs so that we have something to give to someone else who is in need. God wants us to be an extension of him to reach out and bless those who are in need. Are you hearing me? Verse 29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth. This is a tough one here. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths but only such as is good for building up. Now this one I know is stepping on some toes in here. 
I'm going to start that over. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building people up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And I, I, I just want to challenge us all today. How often in those heated moments do we take a moment to think before we act, to think about whether this action is going to grieve the Holy Spirit or not? If I say what's on my mind to say, if I give this person that piece of my mind, will that honor and please the Lord or will it grieve the Holy Spirit? He just told us don't grieve him. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. And you know what? All of that stuff is included. It's all in that same context. You want to know how you grieve the Holy Spirit? Well, you operate in anger and wrath and bitterness and slander and all malice. But rather it says, be kind to one another. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. As God in Christ forgave you. That's what precedes the therefore. Be kind to one another. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. I want you to, whatever, you got your, highlight that, bold that, star that, whatever it is. I want you to, if you get nothing else, I want you to highlight that scripture. Be kind to one another. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. I love how it summed up, how it concluded that verse. Forgiving one as God in Christ forgave you. You know, not every offense is created equal. Some, some things are harder to forgive than others. Sometimes we got to put things in perspective, y'all. Our standard is not what everybody else does. It's not the standard of our culture. We can't compare ourselves, well, you know, compared to the average person. You know, what I did was Actually, pretty good. It was no better or worse than the next guy. That's not the standard. The standard is the word of God. The, 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 the standard is how Jesus conducted himself before us when he walked this earth. That's the standard. And what he commands us to do, that is the standard. It's not us. It's not upon us. It's not our authority to lower the standard to something that makes us feel better about our ourselves. We've got to rise up to the standard. And we can do it because he told us to. 
We can do it because he has enabled us to. We can do it because not only did Jesus die for us and, and reconcile us to God, but he gave us the Holy Spirit who works in us and enables us to do what God has called us to do. So we can be redeemed and we can walk victoriously over our emotions. We can walk victoriously over those thoughts. Those negative thoughts, those, those thoughts where you're beating yourself up and, 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 and that, that chicken little mindset or ugly duckling mindset and so forth, those lies that have been fed to you over the years, that stuff's got to be washed out of your mind and you need to be reminded that you are a treasure in God, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made in Him, that you are a heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ, that you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, that you are in the family of God, you are children of Him, amen, and that you have overcome the world even through your faith. And you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit for the day of redemption. Amen? You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. So you can pull down those thoughts that exalt themselves against the knowledge of Christ. You can bring your thought life under subjection to the word of God. You can bring your emotions in check where you can be measured in your words and say those things that bring that build up, that bring edification. Even in the face of hostility, even in the face of difficulty and challenge, even in the, in, in the face of struggle during those intense moments of fellowship. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Don't give the devil an opportunity to work his mischief in your life through unforgiveness and bitterness, mean-spiritedness, or just flat-out words that, that attack and pull down rather than build up and lift up in Jesus' name. I want to conclude today in Ephesians 3, 20, verse 21. I'll just read it. And I want you to know, again, I want to let you know you are well able. But we've just got to be renewed in the attitude of our minds. We've got to be renewed, transformed by the renewing of our minds. And that's why it's important for us to, to, to immerse ourselves in the word of God. Commit ourselves to prayer and, 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 and a daily quiet time with him so that we can actually get fed constantly what the truth of God's word is concerning ourselves and, and who we are and, and, and who we are to be and how we are to conduct ourselves in this world in order to bring the kingdom where God has assigned us. Amen? You are well able, verse 20, Ephesians 3, now to him who is able 
to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. So he's able to do far more abundantly than you can even ask or think. There may be a, you know, some, some of these attitudes and these mindsets have been, you know, have been strongholds, have had a stronghold in your life for years. And it may seem like there is no help. There may seem like there is no hope, that you can't kick this thing. I want you to know that he's able to do far more abundantly than all that you could ask or think because there is a power at work within you. It's not your own strength that you're dealing with. There is a power that's at work within you. And he's able to do far above what you could ask or think. So you can imitate God. In your thought, in your thinking. You can imitate him. In your feelings and emotions. You can imitate him in your attitude, and in your actions. You're called to, as a matter of fact. You're called to. This is not a, if you can, no, 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 you can. The only issue is, will you? Like an old coach of mine used to say, I don't think this is a skill issue, I think this is a will issue. So it comes down to whether we have the will. You have the skill, you have the ability you have the divine provision of the Lord. Because we're talking about a God that delivered Israel from Egypt. Who parted the Red Sea and, and drowned his armies in order to set them free. Amen? We're talking about a God that allowed David to slay a giant. That allowed the three Hebrew boys to survive being thrown in the furnace. That allowed Daniel to survive a night in the lion's den. Are you hearing me? We have a God that, is, that performs miracles. We have a God who, is wor- who has power and is working in our lives. And who are we to doubt that? Who are we to think we can't when he says we can Who are we to say we can't when he says do? So I just want to encourage you. We need to up our game as Christians. Praise God. You're living a chaste life and and you're not out there in the clubs and uh, drinking it up and hooking up with any and everybody and doing all those things. But I tell you what, that's good. But what about the people that are? Can, 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 can we demonstrate the love of God first among ourselves? Can we allow love to cover a multitude of sins within the body of Christ? Can we do that? You're darn right we can. 
And you know what? It's not a matter of can. We better. Because that's what God demands. Amen? Because our life is not our own. We've been bought with a price. And we are his ambassadors in the earth. And he wants the earth, he wants the unsaved to see in us a reflection of the one whose name we're called after, Christ Jesus. So I challenge you today, church. Let's be imitators of him, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He did not deviate from the Father. He imitated him. And now we as his disciples should follow his lead and follow his example. Loving one another, I'm not going to say you ain't, you're not going to disagree. There's going to be disagreements. Even within the church, there's going to be disagreements. But how do we conduct ourselves in those disagreements? There is, Desiree, you know, I always got a verse I didn't give you that I'm going to share. <laughs> But uh, my girls will tell you that I've shared this scripture with them many a times. And there's been many a reason too. This is extra. This is not Desiree's fault. No reflection on you, sweetheart. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, this is Ephesians 4, if for those of you who, who, who need to know, who won't be at peace unless the reference is given to you. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, Eager to maintain, now here's the thing that they can tell you, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Y'all know, and and that's the thing, is an endeavor to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Are you a peace seeker? The verse one says, he urged us, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And that is the challenge and that's the admonition for us today. Let's walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which we've been called. Let's walk in a manner worthy of Jesus Christ and so forth. And let's not just Pat ourselves on the back that we're not doing some of the things that others are doing out there in the world. You know what? Let's, let's imitate Jesus and go out there in the world and share the love of Christ and share the good news and let them know, you know what? Your life may be jacked up, but there is one who loves you and died for you. Who hasn't given up on you and whose arms are open wide for you and who will embrace you if you would but come to him. And humble yourself. How many people out there. 
searching for love in all the wrong places, seeking fulfillment from things that cannot fulfill that gaping hole in their soul that can only be filled by Christ. And those people need imitators of God. Going about the Father's business. They need to encounter those people who know how to love like Jesus loved, who knows how to show compassion like Jesus showed, who knows how to reach and meet people where they're at like Jesus did. Who knows how to share the good news? So be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as Christ, as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Let us pray. Father God, we just thank you for Jesus. We thank you for for setting an example for us to imitate. Jesus, we thank you for being that not only the atonement of our sins, but the example for how we should walk as children of God in this day and time in which we live. And may we be a reflection of you in deed, in word, in thought, in attitude. May we endeavor to keep the unity and the spirit and the bond of peace when conflict arises. May we endeavor to love people in spite of their faults. May we, in, may, may we be well-practiced and well-disciplined in love and forgiveness. Because the greatest commandment is to love you with all our mind heart, soul, and strength. And the second is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, the whole law is summed up in these two things, in these two commandments. Love God and love others. Father, my prayer is that we would humble ourselves to you and that we would would take this admonition to heart, that we would embrace it and we would commit to walking in obedience, to becoming true imitators of you in how we interact with each other and how we interact with those 
who are non-believers in the world that you've called us to reach with the good news. And Father God, I just thank you as hearts have, are committing to this, as people already have begun to surrender their hearts before you and, 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 and this word is being planted into good soil, I just thank you for the fruit that will obviously come to bear in our lives, Father God. People's lives will be transformed as a result of commitments that are being made this very moment. Commitments to be disciples of Jesus Christ, genuine disciples, imitators of him in every way. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.